Hello there and welcome to the Get French Football News Preview Show. I'm Nathan Staples and joining me this evening is Adam White running too deep tonight. Let's dive straight into some league news and starting actually with Europa League football for a league side and that's Bordeaux who ended um, their trip to Belgium against Ghent with a nil-nil draw but not without consequence Jules Koundé saw himself sent off after two bookable offences in the final moments. Back in domestic news, Mario Balotelli will be staying with Nice this season with uh, Nice president Jean-Pierre Riviere uh, revealing that he's turned down a big money move to China with talks with Marseille eventually breaking down over agent fees. Other moves in league uh, and um, Denea, Jason Denea from Manchester City has joined Lyon on a four-year deal worth a reported 6.5 million euros. Uh, The Belgian Milad is going to be their new star defender. We'll see if they bring in Ruben Diaz as well, but they do bolster their back line before the deadline. And Antoine Gumbuari has extended his contract with Gangop. He'll be remaining their manager until 2020. And that's all for now. But remember, for all the latest in the world of French football, head on over to our website at www.getfootballnewsfrance.com and follow us on Twitter at GFFN. We'll start tonight with that game that happened just a few hours ago, Adam, between Bordeaux and Ghent. No, no, draw is not the worst thing to take away from home, but without Kunde for the next game as well, with them already having a bit of a, a worry about depth, along with the, the minor crisis that they're having, at least anyway. Um, is that the is that a little bit of a disappointing result heading to back home without an away goal, at least? Um, I think it, it's, it's sort of somewhere between disappointing and acceptable. Um, I, I think when you look at the first, I, first of all, coming to this game, I kind of felt that Bordeaux would, would it would be tough, and 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 that's the way it turned out. It was a, it was a very tight game, and, and Ghent were, were should well, to be honest should have won the game. But looking against team, I, I kind of felt that Bordeaux pound for pound were the better side, um, and perhaps played a little bit too conservatively given given the difference in strength in the teams obviously it's a european away leg so you know that's that's perfectly reasonable but it's still a game i think overall at least a tie that i think bordeaux will be expecting to win and they honestly deserve to lose this game in the last sort of 10 10 minutes um there, nothing much happened for the first 80 but then for the for the final 10 um costa made a few very good saves uh, again hit the post and and honestly with the, the you know the better side throughout and had most of the ball <clears throat> with uh, with Kounde, I think um, his second bookable offence was was bizarre. He sort of threw the ball away in a very sort of typical kind of you know there's a free kick and and they're trying to delay the game and he sort of threw it over his shoulder and not like you know the classic kicking the ball away gets you booked sort of thing. And I thought that was a bit a bit harsh. So but he'll be a huge miss for this for the next game because I kind of feel like he's he's really taking along on along a, a, on a lot of responsibility in this border defence, especially with Paul Base going. So that's a big miss. But um, I think from Bordeaux's point of view, given that the, the the crisis that they're in, as you mentioned, um, a nil nil is 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 not too bad of a, a result, and, and they can go back to the Stade Atlantique and 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 they'll be favourites there. As I said, given the the sort of the gap that I sort of I think there is between the two sides, so it's not a terrible result, but um, they they definitely could have got better. But again, we're lucky not to actually lose it at the end. So you know they'll, they'll take it, but it, it could have been better. And their passage to the Europa League will be important, maybe not just to the board and anyone incumbent, cough, cough, Thierry Henry, cough, cough, um, mm. but we'll wait and see on, on that really because that's going to be a difficult second tie, especially if someone does come in between now and then. Uh, let's go on to 
the meat of tonight's show and the league and games coming up and some interesting games with storylines weaved in because of results that happened last week. And let's start with the game on Friday night again. Leon, sort of having a Friday showcase for this month, really, over the next couple of weeks. The Friday game last weekend, this weekend and next weekend as well. But they host Strasbourg this time. But last time out, Adam, it wasn't the greatest of stories. They really struggled against the Ras side that were they were determined and, and strong and, and kept them at bay for long periods and, and nicked a, a nice little goal to to win out on that one. Will Genesio be disappointed to have already taken that first loss of the season, especially coming against a side that they would have thought on paper should have been a, a much more easier affair? Yeah, I, I'm sorry. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, I think I think he absolutely will be because if we were hoping for any sort of semblance of a title race this season, Marseille and Lyon need to be beating promoted teams, don't they? And with with both their results last weekend, you kind of feel that PSG are perhaps already too far ahead, um, given that you know their drop points in in those in those those sorts of games, which you'd expect PSG to win comfortably. Um, but in terms of the race for, 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 you know, the title, you know, I'm being a little bit facetious. It's obviously there's only three points between them. So there's plenty of time to time to go, but in terms of the race for the top, top four, yeah, I think that, that, that those three points that you would expect Leon to, to take could prove crucial at the end of the year. Um, uh, although Marseille lost two, of course, and that race is going to be very, very close. So it'd definitely be extremely disappointing, but I think there's, there's, you know, there's, there's sort of caveats to this in that Ron's defended fantastically, and they have defended fantastically in both their games so far. And you know, they they won away at Nice as well, which is in a very similar style. So there's nothing to be ashamed of necessarily, given how well they've shown they can defend. And they've added Bjorn Engels this week, who I think is a really interesting signing. Was very good at Bruges, and perhaps wasn't necessarily, you know, didn't do his best to Olympiakos, but is a very another very good defender. So they're going to be a very strong defensive unit this season. So you know, one nil defeat isn't too bad. But I just felt they they lacked ideas to be the more worrying aspect of that game i happened to watch it yesterday morning i think and and i just felt that apart from bertrand Traore, who i thought had actually had a pretty good game um memphis of pi was very isolated and very quiet mario Dinez, diaz was very very quiet got three out of ten in the keep in the morning after awesome hour was was sort of dragged off after an hour having not impacted the game at all and you know without level for Kier, they look like a different team so i think for genesio yes the three points would be dropped would be a concern but the fact that without for they looked like they didn't really have any ideas so a, a sort of a very kind of similar game to come uh, with, with Strasbourg, you know, newly promoted side last season, of course, um, they will be hoping that they'll be able to unlock them a little bit easier than they did Rance. But um, I think, although the three points dropped to be disappointing, it would be the, 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 the performance that will worry uh, Genesio more than anything else. Yeah, it was the frustrating thing, wasn't it? For, for long periods of that game, it just looked like Leon didn't have the cutting edge to create something that would be a particularly dangerous attempt at goal. I mean, they, they, they felt like, especially in the second half, a lot of efforts were from distance. They they were sort mm. of trying to do something all on their own. The, you know, the, the striking pair like Depay and Traorio, though he was a little bit better than those around him, they all felt like they were trying to do a little bit too much. Same with Corne when he was coming on. Maybe he's sort of still um, festering for a move and trying to prove himself that way. None of them really worked as a team, right? When which happens a lot more when Fekir is on is on the pitch. They just seem to 
be trying to do the spectacular drag the the team back into the game that way and they, it just didn't work and when you play a, a side that's resolute and, and sits back and I thought the forward players for Raz did very well to to add to their defensive structure really I thought they did excellently and the, the fact that they get a, a decent goal and, and as soon as they've got that one and they've got ahead they they've held on to it and, and gripped onto it as, as strongly as they can because Leon really didn't do have to do much defending after that at least anyway mm. but uh, um, a terrific result for them but it does not like you say with the result they're, pr- they're probably a bit happy at the end I, I don't think they'd ever thought they'd catch PSG but the fact that other teams around them have dropped points it's, especially this early start of the season it's probably not as bad as it would be but a team that's mm. unbeaten at least compared to Leon, is is the team they're facing in Strasbourg who will be more of an attritional side let's be brutally honest really but they've also had a bit of fortune in their first couple of games a couple of red cards that on another day some people may argue that one maybe even both of them may have not been really red cards they they got a good solid win against the Bordeaux side in crisis they obviously um held, almost held on against Saint-Étienne as well last weekend until the goal late on as well they've been decent but is are we maybe a couple of games out from really assessing what Strasbourg are given that the last two games have been early oh, excuse me early red cards yeah I definitely think that their their results so far have been completely characterized by those two um those two sendings off um and they're both for this kind of the same thing weren't they sort of Pablo last man again for Bordeaux drive down Jorkey and and then um De Costa getting the wrong side of, of Subotic against Sinetian and I, I kind of feel like they were both sort of fair enough you know um and you have to give credit for to Trasbourg to some extent in in putting opposition defenders in those sort of positions where they kind of felt like they had to drag their forwards down and so there's there's something to be said about that but obviously it's a very minor point and um, I think for Strasbourg, those four points they've got from two games that perhaps they, you know, on another day when we, 11 against 11 for the 90 minutes, because both those things were in the first half as well, I think, um, you know, they, they might have lost both those games. And they're a team that you would expect to be in the bottom third of Ligue 1. And obviously, um, the, I think the, the relegation fight's going to be extremely tight this season. Right? There are eight sides, nine sides that could be there on the final day, even as we had in 2011, where there was <clears throat> sort of eight sides that could have you were in sort of the bottom 12, the bottom eight, sorry, could have could have been got, got relegated. And Monaco actually got relegated in the end. Um, so there could be another situation like that. And, and Strasbourg, those four points could could be the difference between being in that fight, perhaps if it's that close, or being mid-table, given how how tight below the top four is. So I think that those they'll take those those points, you know, very gladly. But when you look at their their fixtures to come, you know, this this game against Leon is another very difficult game. And I think it's going to be, as you said, there's a two or three more games before we really work out whether those losses of Terrier and Hulu are as costly as they possibly could be. Um, I think, you know, there's made some interesting signings. Thomason's a good player. I've liked him for a long time. Uh, Ajorke looks looks okay as well. Um, I've got some good defenders in. Carol was, was good for Tuara and they got promoted before he went to, to Turkey. And Mitrovic was very good in for Ghent as well. And Sales is a decent keeper. So they've got some good, they've brought in some good players, much more solid. But whether they've got enough ta- attacking cutting edge is it will be remain to be seen given those two results so far so i think you're right a few more games and before we kind of figure salt uh out yes but especially thinking that um that not just in the first half of those red cards they were both within the first 20 minutes so mm. it's a massive bonus really i mean you would if you could start like that every week i think everyone would would rip your hand off it and they yeah i, I like the point you made there adam they've made some good signers i like mitrovic he, he was the one linked with um Santetti and wasn't he yeah. but he put um, the, the medical sort of fell through um i, I like him and i like that the, the, they've done just 
little bit of under radar business for that kind of thing. And they've obviously kept a couple of players. I think De Costa now he's playing more regularly seems a, a good choice as well. Obviously caused the the red card in the in the, uh, the Santetian game. But the, the thing that worries me at least anyway, the Bordeaux game was relatively simple. But the, the, against Santetian. Levy still had plenty of chances, really, to say they were down to 10 men. They didn't really control the game as much as they would have liked to, which then eventually led to to a, um, the equaliser late on from Maktar Gay. But you, it's just difficult to gauge them at the moment. They they have a they had a really awkward start to the season when you looked at it on paper, thinking Bordeaux, Saint Etienne, Lyon. They also have Nantes as well next weekend as well, which isn't. Well, at least on paper before the start of the season wouldn't have looked too great but um getting four points like you say is is the main factor that they'll be pleased about but um strange to see how they now match up against a side like leon and that's why perfectly we can go into our predictions for this one adam what do you think the score will be um i think leon maybe with fakir off the bench towards the end they won this game early last season quite comfortable seems to be about three or four now so i think three one perhaps leon yeah, I, I'm thinking 2-0, Leon. I, I think at the moment we're not quite seeing the real Strasbourg yet, or the real Leon. really, to be fair. They were a bit tame in their first game, weren't they? But um, hopefully they'll sort of come out of their shell a little bit in this one, and let's see uh, with the home crowd on a Friday night um, against a team that maybe have had it a little bit easier than they would have expected to, um, getting a little bit of a test. On to the next game, um, and if this one is another intriguing one i wanted to bring in two sides that we've not really talked about too much this early part of the season and um that is montpellier and saint etienne let's start with the hosts adam who um got off to a not so great start by losing at home to dijon but have recovered with a 2-1 win against amion um last weekend little bit difficult to judge again there's been a lot of changes there a lot of personnel going out and or not being used at the moment because they're they're looking for moves away um but they've they've brought in a couple of players Delors in and we know um laborde will be is, is joining as well um obviously instigated the sort of loss of poye uh, bordeaux but what do you think to this team so far they've not quite been as solid as they have been they've conceded three and scored three so it's not quite been the the um bar or the, the the wall that it was sort of last season but um mm. do you think they're a side that can still compete or do they feel like they're going to be more of a, a mid-table to add this season yeah i think i think that's an interesting question because i think from montpellier i think they need to kind of ask what their <clears throat> excuse me their medium-term sort of goal is because we've with michelle bezakara and as your manager you're going to get you know an organized defensively solid team which they were last season, you know, they had one of the best defenses in the league and they were very, very good against the bigger sides. You know, they took quite a few points off the top four and they were challenging for Europe um, up until sort of the last couple of games, um, which was, which was, you know, better than perhaps as Karin's done with, with, with Nantes or, and obviously Rans were in the league do at the time when he managed them last season or season before last now. Um, but is that the ceiling for the Zakarian league and team? And it kind of feels like it, it might be. And, you know, last season he was, he was, pretty fortunate in some of the players they had and you know all credit to him for bringing them on people like Rusilian and and Muka, and Mukaleli and and Benza you know there there's some there are some interesting players that they've that they've lost over the course of the uh, course of the summer and it remains to be seen whether they've replaced them adequately so this may be a less 
less able to counter-attack team, which is what they were last year, which is where they got a lot of their points from, and perhaps even less defensively solid um, with Hilton, you know, edging ever older as he's sort of into his 40s now. Um, and without those two those two wing-backs, um, are they the same team? And, and can Zakarian with, with uh, what is, in my opinion, a slightly weaker squad, um, do even better than he did last season, which you for a club like Montpellier, they'll be aspiring to challenge for that Europa League you know, sixth place, which is going to be very, very difficult this season. So I think to, to go sort of answer that question, I kind of feel that if if they were to replicate last season's form, they would have done very, very well. And more to the point, is Dzakarian capable of re- replicating last season's form or better? I'd argue possibly not given his his previous record. So it'd be interesting to see whether if they get to the season, finish 14th or even sort of, you know, mid, lower mid table, is that enough? And um, can Dzakarian give them any more? So I think this is a key season for him as a manager as well as a result, because if it goes the wrong way, then perhaps he, he he's kind of being typecast as this Sam Allardyce of League and, you know, he'll keep you in the division and defend really well. But apart from that, what else can he do? And if he's going to take over a mid-table side like Nantes or Montpellier that have aspirations of European football, um, perhaps he's proven that that's sort of beyond him. So an interesting season overall for them. And I have a feeling they, they might not live up to last season at all. Mm, and that's the interesting thing. You think you make a great point there. Where do these some of these mid-table sides see themselves do Montpellier who have won a title within recent living memory you know it's not too long ago that they were pushing towards that that sort of degree do they want to be heading towards Europe again do they want to be just a stable league side it, it does seem like um under Dizakari and it's something we've mentioned before really that you've sort of got to go with a push and the shove really um and and looking at the team really now as well with players like Rousselon and and um, Nori Mukiele, obviously, having left both Germany, ironically, um, that they were the sort of X factors in this team. And, and looking through the squad, other than maybe a, a Eliskirian, maybe um, someone you might point to, is there really an X factor in this squad? I know Florent Molle's got a, a tremendous goal, really, and, and had a um, excellent season at, at Mets last season. They're hoping they maybe can get something out of him. But again, they're, they're throwing strikers at it again. I mean, Delors. It's got an assist at least so far, but uh, has not scored for a long while. Laborde, can he be a main man who's going to grab you the 15, 20 goals you need? I don't know. They're also maybe even looking at moving on Giovanni Siho, who seemed to have a a relatively good season last season for the first time in a long time, really. And they they seem eager to to move him on for whatever reason. It does seem like they're they're not quite sure what direction they're wanting to go in, both with the team and where they want to go play-wise. And I think that does start to worry if you're a Montpellier fan because you you look at the season ahead, you look at the, the form, especially of some of these uh, smaller teams to start off with, the, the promoted sides and, and Dijon, who we'll come on to in a little bit, um, performing well again. You start to think, are they the team that sort of may sort of be, have been safe last season and have gone over expectations and maybe sleepwalk themselves into a relegation battle if they're not careful? But maybe just about have enough. We'll see how they sort of get on to this game because this is going to be the interesting one because they face a Saint-Étienne side that looked really good on the first night. I thought I thought they looked really good at the first weekend. And then uh, obviously it's it's not being quite as positive with obviously the early red card being a massive factor in the second one, really, Adam. But they, they have a, a decent squad. They've got a, kept their, the manager they wanted in in. Jean-Louis Gasset, even though there was rumours that they were trying to move on, they've had a decent window, brought some interesting players into the squad. But what do you think to them overall? I mean, especially 
going forward, I'm thinking, with, with Cabela um, joining permanently, Dioni coming back and scoring on, on his return as well, Wabi Kazri coming in um, after that successful loan spell at Wren. Um, what do you think to their options going forward now? Because that was always the worry. But it, mm. with someone like even Maktar Gay coming on and, and grabbing a goal, do they feel like they have just more options in those attacking areas than, than last season or even the last couple of seasons, really? Yeah, I think I think that's a really, a really sort of a really good point. And Sonetian, you know, uh, sort of when they were Gautier was in charge there for eight, nine seasons, they sort of they, at certain points they were capable of scoring goals. You know, when they had Aubameyang and had a, a few good attacking players, but they sort of they sort of retreated into sort of Gautierism as as they as they went through his tenure and and got, became very very workmanlike and very sort of mundane and were eked out results, but were very very boring. Um, and I think that Gasse, you know, he's something that he's he's really made an effort to is to bring in more, as you said, more attacking options and to give them more sort of vibrancy going forward. And I definitely think he's he's managed that. And you know, keeping Cabela is 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 something of a coup. You know, I I guess maybe maybe Sonetti is sort of about the right team for him. But still, you know, given you know he was a pre- as much like Kasri as well was sort of a Premier League targeted player and big things were expected of him and obviously it hasn't worked out he's come back to France in a very similar way that Kazri has um but those two players together are, are, are good signings in, in this league and especially outside you know they're not considered a top four side anymore Sanetian obviously um but I think they'll be the closest the closest team to that, that top four quite comfortably this year um in terms of their their forwards uh, it looks like Robert Berridge might be on his way relatively soon I saw one of the Sanetian fan websites said this morning, actually, that he'd been offered to twenty-two different teams, which, which kind of says quite a lot about his his form. I, I, although I, I think maybe that's a little bit harsh because I think he's had so many bad injuries. You know, keep keeping fit, and he actually probably would score a decent amount of goals. But the big story really is Diony. You know, he was absolutely terrible last season before the loan route to Bristol City, and then didn't do much there. But he's been really good in preseason. Was brilliant in the first game, um, assist and a goal against Gangon, and 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 looks like the player that they signed a year ago. It's just taken him a year to sort of sort himself out. And then you know Kevin Monepaque is a, a bit of a steady Eddie in there as well. Hamun is going to be injured for a little bit, but I've always liked him. And they're talking about George Kevin and Kudu from Spurs coming in. And you know if you look at a team with Kasri, Cabela, Diony, Hamuma, and and Nkudu and and, and in reserve, that's a that's a good attacking team in this league. Um, that will score a lot of goals. And considering they're already defensively solid from the sort of the Gautier era kind of left over in a sort of a George Graham to Arsene Wenger kind of style, that you know, that 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 defensive city might carry them through. And who knows, they could challenge the top four this year. So yeah, a lot of options. And I'm I'm really excited. I've sort of covered them ever since uh, I started on the league sort of at Football Radar sort of five five years ago, four or five seasons ago. And this is this is the most excited I've been about Sinetti. And they they look like they know what they're doing and Gas has got a genuine plan, which is great to see. So it's such a big club. It's good to see them playing good football. Mm, it's, it's important, isn't it? That you've got to sort of entertain the fans as well. And I, I like that you point out that they've got some, sort of a holdover from, from previous management, at least anyway, in terms of defence. They do look a, a decent, solid side, although Subotic didn't really help himself last week. But um, I, I thought getting Colo in from... Um, from Tigres was a good signing, even though it did mean that um, Pierre Gabriel does head uh, to pastures new. And uh, Loic Perrin and, and Rufi are always solid options. But I, I really like their midfield at the moment. I mean, they really have three midfielders that they can they can use at a regular basis, unless they're going to play two instead of the usual four through three that they tend to usually have gone for. Yanavir, experienced player, good solid defensive player. Can, 
maybe been a little bit feisty sometimes, but he's good on the ball as well. Uh, along with Ole Selnes, who's slowly more and more impressed me. I, I think he has had a nice, decent start to the season as well. And I know Fulham were tracking him um, during the transfer window, trying to pry him away, but uh, they would have had a real hole in the midfield if they didn't have have him there. And uh, I, I do like Asana Duisi uh, as well. I think he's a a really talented youngster as well when they do play three in midfield. And I think they will do in the bigger games as well. He'll be very important as a, as a box to box style player. That midfield just gives them a little bit more solidity. I know in the last couple of seasons, we've mentioned that they were maybe a, a little bit old with uh, Lemoine in there and, uh, and others, Pajo as well. Um, shifting out a little bit that deadwood although they may be a little bit thin on the ground if any of those do get injured um the midfielders are at least the right kind of profile that they need to help balance both their defensive qualities and uh, build on those attacking players to give them the freedom to to express themselves like they can do um under gasse with they do look a much more exciting tide and a much better one to watch to boot um, what's your prediction for the score on this one then Adam? Um, I think it's going to be it's going to be an interesting game. Um, but I remember this game being pretty good last year, actually. So, um, so I'm going to go Sanetien two one. I think. Hmm. I, I think it's yeah. It feels like a two one to me as well. I think at Sanetien and Montpellier, it just feels like I'm not sure they're quite as solid as they were last uh, last season. Lepayad and and Sanetien with a bit more verve about them, a bit more danger. I just feel like they'll uh, they'll grab this one and. and Maybe a, a late goal sort of from Montpellier back to to the two one, but I do quite like the look of Sentetti in this season. Let's see how they sort of build on. Uh, on to our next game now, then, and um, I've actually got the incorrect one on the running order, so I am going to change this one on you, Adam. And it's the one that I wanted to talk about because two teams that one that's done quite well so far and one that's not. And the first team it is Nice. Dijon, and I want to talk about Nice first of all. Um, they've obviously had a great positive news this week that's going to uplift them completely with having Mario Balotelli on, especially the dearth they've had in the first couple of games. Is his presence, Adam, uh, uh, obviously I'm, I'm assuming he'll probably start at the weekend, his presence alone going to lift Patrick Vieira's side from what has been pretty mediocre so far to, to something maybe a little bit more significant and more of what we would expect from Les Aiglons? You would hope so, and Vieira certainly be hoping so. Um, I think the Balotelli situation is is obviously uh, perhaps a little bit more medium term because he hasn't he hasn't played at all in preseason. You know they've had uh, what eight games so far, including preseason friendlies, and he's only played for fifteen minutes. So there, there's a question over his fitness. So he he may not start this 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 weekend, but I think for the morale of the team in general, you know, going forward. It's it, it's it's a it's a huge huge boost given the players that they lost. You know, even if you look sort of at Seri, oh well, Seri was obviously one of their best players. What their best player did last season, Le Marchand, and there there are a number of players of Alison Player obviously as well who, who left. There there are some serious holes in this team, and to keep arguably their their premier forward, well probably quite come to their premier forward um, for another season to sort of to sort of maintain try at least to maintain that Euro that European chase and. That'll be a huge boost and and a, a bit of a a bit of a sort of uh, a fillet for for Vieira as well because Nice have a Nice are a club with certain expectations based on their recent form over the sort of last ten years or so they've been quite up and down especially under Puel they finished fourth and seventeenth under under Puel so there's 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 quite a lot of scope there for for Nice to finish in the top half or the bottom half in in league and but recent expectations are going to be recent forms is going to mean high expectations and even though they've lost a lot of players. 
a season under Patrick Vieira where they didn't do so well and they finished lower mid-table would be seen as a huge disappointment, which may not be particularly reflective of the job that Patrick Vieira does because the team and the resources that he has been given compared to Lucien Favre and, and Claude Buell were, were uh, markedly different. So this sort of gives him a chance, at least partially anyway, to maintain that level of, of performance from from Nice and keep them challenging for Europe, and which would be a much more a much better start to his first season in in European football management. Which it could have been a little bit of a, a bit of a disaster for him if they dropped so far down the league. So I think Balotelli's presence one is obviously goals, and two, it's just it just buoys the rest of the squad and, and gives them that confidence that they can continue those those displays later on today. He might not start soon, but you know he's going to be a key player for them going forward. So. Big for Vieira as a manager, not just the club, but for the manager manager's career, perhaps, if they can, you know, he can score the goals to keep them in the European race. Yeah, especially now they've got the kind of players to feed in the service still. That's uh, just what they've been missing, really, the the focal point. You think Alan Saint-Maximin, who, who obviously does also try to do things on his own, to be fair, on, on some occasions, it, it will be helped by having a, a big presence in the centre of the park. So will Mao Lida, the new signing as well, um, having someone there as a focal point to bounce the ball off of it, to, to create with, as well as take away markers from them to attack. And you think that if Cyprian can get back to his usual form, uh, they've all, all of a sudden got just a, a range of options going forward, at least anyway. Um, the, the worry for me has been, been at the back. They've been really, really bad. I mean, it's, it's been a positive that Cardinal has been relatively decent, at least in the last couple of games. But uh, Dante looks like ages catching up over him. Malang Sar sort of been never really quite the same since he had that dip in form a, a year and a half ago, really. Uh, Christopher Harrell was... Uh, tortured in the last game really and and gave away a, a little bit of a silly penalty in the end really that obviously cost a nice victory that they might have got in that game but uh, yeah just worry for them that they've they've got decent forward options but i just think that patrovieri has to do a lot to sort of seal that back line make sure they're a little bit tougher and a little bit stronger and they don't really face ideal opponents for that really at the moment Adam because Dijon have started the season superbly 2-1 win away from home against Montpellier which will be a massive boost given their away form last season they then went and uh, put two past uh, Nantes and it could have realistically really been more because they they created a number of chances but I don't think anyone quite saw this coming. We knew how good they were last season from an attacking point of view, at least anyway, uh, Adam, and obviously they're great home form, but they've managed to keep on to, especially the main three, I'm thinking of, of Rosier, uh, Naim Sliti, and uh, obviously Julio Tavares as well, grabbing the goals at the weekend and currently Ligue 1's top scorer. They, uh, are they going to do it again? Is this going to be another season where, where they, they really are, are a cut above where they should be? I think it might be. I mean, I mean, I think something you said at the, at the end there is interesting. I mean, the, there was a sense last season that they overperformed a little bit, and you know, having been you know promoted the season before, and and Olivier Delalio perhaps not being the most experienced league and coach, perhaps you know it felt like there was that there was a bit of a one not one season wonder. That's a little bit of a sort of a cliche, and a little bit harsh on them, but that they they did overperform, and it, 
the way they've started this season suggests that they are actually just a very, very good team. And and given the resources that they've got, you know, they haven't got the same level of of investment or of arguably quality than some of the, the sides that challenge for European places. But they comfortably hold their own against those sorts of those sorts of clubs. And um, two seasons in a row, if they play like they did last year, and as you mentioned, two really good wins. They were more than two new, better than not last 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 week if they do that two seasons in a row then then it's difficult to deny that they they are you know a very very good side and very well organized and very well very well sort of um drilled offensively if you like by 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 um by delalio um and last season last the, the win over non came without saeed who only came off the bench gorkov who came off the bench you know amafatano and kwan are injured that, that it was without quite a few of their sort of players that that, that, that would you would expect to be big performers for them so it just shows that they've got options as well, especially in that sort of midfield area. They they could change sort of five or six in that area around. Even if you look at the players on the bench, like Said and even Jordan Murray and and Benjamin Geno is a you know decent striker and to come off the bench, they've got some good players. So I think all credit to Delialio. And if he can produce another season of attacking, exciting, and largely effective football, then perhaps next season he won't be uh, uh, at Dijon. Perhaps he could be one of the, the you know the top the top six sides because he's really proven himself. So I think um, if they do it again, then you have to say that they're, they're, they are performing at their level because they've shown what a good side they are. So all credit to Delalio. And maybe he's a good shout for an outside shout for Leon manager. If Genesio manages to, to, to mess things up like he keeps threatening to, that might be a, an interesting appointment because he'd suit that sort of attacking style. But um, brilliant so far. You're absolutely right. So let's, let's see how, let's how they keep it up. Yeah, I think that's the thing. I think Dijon fans will want us to to quieten down a little bit because I think Delali has done a fabulous job. He obviously did last season, but the fact that it's sort of maintaining its momentum this season without those players you mentioned, because Quan Chan Hoon was a massive part of it, and when he wasn't, uh, Amal Fitana would be or. or it, has not played an enormous amount either. Um, you think that. That someone must have been surely sniffing around the players like Naim Sleety. We know there's been a lot of, of rumours around Valentin Rosier, who I thought was tremendous again at the weekend going down that, that right-back role. Oh, they're a really good team. They, ju- they just know exactly what they want to do, and that's just play football. And I, I was mentioning, I, I don't know if you heard on on Monday, that your recommendation to, to watch Neem was definitely well heard. And I'm, I'm <laughs> circling the point on my calendar, and I'm sure... A couple of people will be, but not everyone will be circling uh, Dijon versus Nîmes when that is on TV. Or if it, if I can find somewhere to watch it, I would <laughs> definitely be watching that game because that, yeah. at the moment it could be a real <laughs> between two sides that we don't get in league on, which is 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 attacking football, and uh, mm. that's why Dijon are really great to watch when they are on TV, ladies and gentlemen. Do go and watch it because they will put on a show for you, and hopefully that that away form that they showed against Montpellier, at least if they can repeat it against Nice, well, what a terrific start to the season that'll be for them. Um, let's get some um, predictions on this one then. Um, what do you think the score will be in this one, Adam? Um, I'm gonna go two all. Balotelli off the bench equaliser. I'm gonna I'm gonna be a bit sneaky here and say Dijon win this one two one. Uh, I, I just feel like they're gonna have a decent season and I really really worry about this Nice defense. I, I think that against a good solid attacking team, especially on the counter attack with Harrell not having the greatest pace, with Dante obviously slowing down, I just feel like that Tavares in the middle there with Sleety and, and others running off of him. It just doesn't really look good for Patrick Vieira's side, but we'll wait and see if they can maybe do something with it. 
On to our final game, and it is on Sunday evening involving uh, sides that may be not greatest pleased with their start, shall we say, is maybe the, the nicest way to put it, and that's Marseille and Rennes. Um, Marseille obviously had a really difficult result in that derby against Nîmes um, at the weekend last Sunday evening, Adam. They won't be particularly pleased, although um, at least they got the best goal of the night, at least from Tovan. But what was missing from Marseille's performance in that one? Was it the fact that they finally had a tide that was courageous enough to go at them and attack them and press them high and they just didn't know what to do with? Or was it simply an off day for Luan? Um, I think that's a really interesting question. I think I think first of all there should be a lot of credit given to Nîmes and, and what they what they did against um what they did against Marseille. Um they were they pressed them really, really hard at the pitch. They were played with an intensity. Dennis Buanga was looked like he was he looked so up for the game. Especially, he was unplayable in the first half. They just looked like it was sort of something they've been waiting for, for for quite some time. You know, haven't been in league and for quite quite a few years I think it's 25 years perhaps since they've last been in Ligon and um this this game just seemed like a, a bit of a party and a sort of a release of, of of kind of joy you know they're they're back in the top flight and they play great football <clears throat> and they're going to show that and it kind of had nothing to lose didn't they because you know if Marseille turn up there and beat them 4-0 no one is surprised and they go home and say well you know they're they're the second best team in the league probably and we've just been promoted so not it's not a huge deal but they just went and played their football much like Dijon do and have and and they were arguably just too good for for Marseille on the night obviously there's a difference in quality on paper between the two sides but um I thought Nîmes were absolutely brilliant and you look through their team and uh like Umar Buzok hasn't scored yet and he got what 20 got 20 plus goals in in Ligue 2 last season uh Ripar's been absolutely brilliant in both games uh Salah has been fantastic he's got a, got a brilliant goal in each game and I agree they just outplayed Marseille um from Marseille's point of view though that I think you know Marseille fans argue that a number of players came back late from the World Cup, especially their defence. You know, it was his Coletta Shah's first game for the club and since the World Cup. Same for Rami, his first game since the World Cup. Steph Mondonda's first game since the World Cup. And they're all thrown in from the start, which perhaps in hindsight, given how sort of boisterous and the crowd was and how intense that game was, wasn't perhaps wasn't the best idea. Just wondering if if Kamara starts, perhaps there's a little bit more solidity there in defence. When you play Luis Gustavo next to him, and then you play Maxime Lopez in 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 midfield to give them a little bit more solidity, perhaps instead of a Campos, and you play quite wide, and you you play a bit safe. Perhaps that you know they might have been a little more solid then. The game might not have panned out as it did. And I just think that the the intensity was too much for those guys who haven't had any pieces in action. Gletsch Shah, although he's a, know, our Austrian analyst for where it tells me he's, he's a very, very good defender, was all over the place. Um, and Sakai had a terrible game as well. Obviously, also coming back from the World Cup, arguably at, at fault for at least one of the goals where he cleared it against Sanson and Thiel ran into score. So I think for, for Neem deserve all the credit there. And, and, and um, Marseille, you know, an, an extra game on um, um, this weekend against Rennes at home at the Velodrome. They're, they're a team that are, are going to start slowly given the amount of players that they had out. And I think, although there is the argument from the flip side that although, yes, those players were unfit a little bit perhaps, that they kind of had to get those minutes they had to play to to, to get them up to, scratch, up to scratch for this game and games ahead. So hopefully that will be a silver lining that Garcia can take. But being, being outplayed by promoter side is not a good start to the year. No, I, I think that while it was a bit of a risk to throw those players straight in 
back into things at least anyway. At least they can't complain of tiredness. I don't think any of those barely played in the World Cup really more than Mondonza didn't play. The, the, you know, Katletikar was uh, very much a spectator for, for a lot of Croatia's bits other than the obviously got a run out against Iceland. Tovan only played a couple of minutes for France as well and looked relatively fresh at least. The thing is, they just didn't really have the verve, especially compared to the one that they did at Velodrome against Toulouse. They were terrific in that game. They, they had the drive, their they pie in the game, the, Germain was excellent as well, but they just didn't ever get those attacking players in the game. And, and credit to, to Nîmes for that at the same time, they were sort of vivacious and, and sort of kept pressing them to the point where they, they did struggle to that. But I, I think this speaks to the fact that Marseille have a little bit of a worry of depth again. I, I think that they've not really brought in anyone this summer. They've let a couple of people go. They've not really got that extra level to go to, really. It feels like, again, you start to worry that if there's a injury in the midfield, I'm looking at the midfielders now, and you're looking Gustavo, uh, Sanson, Lopez, maybe Sertic as well, and uh, Kamara, but are they enough? Are they the right kind of quality to push for a European spot, given the quality of the other sides around them? Uh, it's a tough one, really. They they maybe need to put their ideas up a little bit. That was a, a really disheartening performance for them, especially when they, they got the goal back. You thought that, that maybe, right, this is the sort of time where Marseille will take control of the game, but two sort of very soft sort of counter-attack goals and and all of a sudden they're, they're on the back foot again. They, again, Neem just wanted it more. There was a lot more drive in those moments. There was, yes, a couple of lucky deflections that give them the chances, but at the same time, Marseille needed to do more to snuff them out before it got even to that opportunity. And it does put a little bit of a, of a marker down for the season to say that they may be, be a bit better away, but that those they've got two very tough games coming up in against Monaco uh, on week four and week six against Lyon as well, both away from home. They can't be dropping points there because the the big games were their trouble last season. And if they start losing them as well as those games um, against sides that they were beating last season, then it's, it's just going to be a massive uphill battle for them really. And a side that have really, for me, even though they've got a three points on the board that have disappointed so far, uh, Adam, is the team they're facing in Rennes. Um, they were okay for about 10 minutes in that Leo game. I remember watching that and thinking that when uh, when Grenier grabbed his goal, that they maybe would have gone on and and sort of pushed on to win that game. But instead, it, they sort of went backwards instead. Uh, and even against Angers, it was an incredibly uneventful game into the last five minutes when, when Saad did grab the goal that got the winner, which is an indictment on both of them. But at the same time, we felt that Ren would be a better team this season. They they seem to have uh, rounded out the squad a little bit more. They've they've got a lot of positives to take from last season into this one with with more players available to to create a, a, and start scoring goals. But at the same so far the last on the evidence of the first two games at least, have you been a bit disappointed as well? Um, I think this is a really interesting point because uh, I I I think I'm about. Well, okay, the Lille game I was surprised. For Lille to win that game 3-1, I was I was pretty surprised by that. I thought that'd be a, a pretty close game and probably a draw. And obviously Lille started the season as they did last year, to be fair, when they beat Nantes 3-0. Um started very well. Um, but I'm a little bit cooler on Ren than perhaps others are. I think that as you said, that there's a there's a sense that, you know, all right, they lost Nanyon and they lost Rabbi Kazri and, and Perkic as well. Um, 
that that they did round out the squad quite nicely and they they bought a few players in I, that you know, could be really really useful in their Europa League campaign a little bit more depth in certain areas particularly of the silver at centre backs a nice little signing from from Khan and uh, Grenier I love Grenier if he was I know he's had so many injury issues but um, when he broke through at Leon he was a brilliant brilliant player he's still only twenty seven as well he could be huge to them but I think this there's a flip side to this in that um, Kasri was was perhaps more important to them than perhaps he was given credit for. And all right, Jordi Sibichu's come in and, you know, I, I liked him when he broke through at Rance before they got relegated and he, he could potentially be a very good signing. And Del Castillo was good for, for Nîmes last year too. Zacco's potentially a good player. So they've still got goals, but have they got a real cutting edge that Kazri provided? I, I don't know that they do. Um, it's sort of down almost almost entirely down to Ishmael Assar, who was brilliant last week. He was the only good thing about that game. Um against Angers and he it was unplayable at times he just tore both fullbacks apart Capel and, and Monso were just all over the place understandably he's a, he's a he's a very very difficult to handle player but I think for Ren to to repeat last year's feat of, of coming fifth um with that squad and particularly for the having their Europa League run which your league insides particularly younger inexperienced league insides in European terms which Ren are you know they don't have much European experience of late has been a real issue for Bordeaux in particular, who a couple of times it's really sort of come back to bite them, and arguably Nice last year as well. They're, you know, getting out of the group and and they've just struggled to handle the two the two together. And I think I was sort of thinking watching Bordeaux today and said, do we do Bordeaux really want to be in the Europa League? Is that good for for the club? You know, there's a takeover coming. Okay, they, they, it's exposure and there's money, but will it affect their league form? And I think for Rennes that they would do really well to finish in the top six again this year. For one, because the lack of cutting edge, and two, because I think the Europa League is a much bigger drain on on lower sort of lower top the lower top third league insides than it is for like Marseille and Lyon, experienced players in bigger squads. So I'm a little bit cooler on Ren and then then perhaps others might be, but I still think they've probably disappointed so far. They were lucky to beat Angers last week. Without Saar, they wouldn't have won that game and deservedly lost to Lille. So disappointing, yes, but there are there are you know there are caveats to their season. Then was interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah, and I think. The importance of Saar sort of points to something I mentioned. I think it was last week as well that um, they. I, I do fear that they might start having an over reliance on him in, in in terms of giving him the ball and expecting him to just do something special. This is where the players like Dale Castillo and, and Sebacho will be important to start grabbing the goals and and, and giving some taking some of that responsibility from him because the problem when you do start relying too much on one player to do the magnificent stuff, while it's okay in teams like, well, for example, if you did that with Ronaldo or Messi, it's a, it's a little bit easier because there is still quality around him. But when you do rely so much on one player and it's so much on his shoulders against teams that are smart enough and against teams that have managers with experience, they'll just mark him out the game. They'll just eliminate him. And that's, Ironically, what happened in that Lille game, really, they they tried to go down that well too often and it ended up that the fact that he would run into corridors, he'd get frustrated, he, he'd not really have the options around him to, to play off of with these kind of games. And that's what I worry about this game, really, that, that Marseille have a, a good manager in, in Rudy Garcia and he'll probably not be starting Hiroki Sakai. I wouldn't have thought against, uh, <laughs> against Saab because he's maybe a bit too gung-ho and you think that maybe play a Bunasar there, maybe say to Luis Gustavo, you sit in the sort of slightly to the, to the left-hand side, of the, well, 
to the right from Marseille to obviously start operating down the left and, and make sure he doesn't cause any damage. Because at the moment, when you watch Rem play, it feels like if, if Saar's not the one doing the attacking, then um, you don't really need to have any panic stations just yet. And that's what I fear about this team. And it, that's why maybe they, they just need players to start taking advantage of the, the fact that he is maybe going to get double marked and he is going to get a lot of attention because of his quality. They need to now use that and, and become a better team for it. And then when they are a little bit stronger, when they are scoring goals in other positions and creating danger, then it will also free the up him to do more impact as well. But um, it's going to be a tough one to balance in this one, especially if they do look like they have done in the past couple of games. So let's get our final prediction then. Adam, what do you think? Um, this was the game that Kadri scored on his debut last year when Ren won 3 1, didn't he? Mm. Uh, didn't they? Um, uh, maybe without Kadri, maybe that's, we were sort of just talking about it there. Maybe that might be the turning factor. And Marseille are very good at home against Toulouse. So maybe Marseille 2 0, I think. Yeah, I, I fear for Ren in this one. I'm, I'm going to go 3 0. I, I think Marseille are the kind of team that will realise how uh, embarrassing, really, it was to lose to, that, uh, to Nîmes last season, uh, last season, last, last weekend. Uh, and the fact that they do need to bounce back with teams around them not getting the results as well. It's not as impactful as it may have been, um, but let's make sure they get back on the horse, especially with those big games coming up. They'll want to make a statement and prove that uh, they can get the side in. And I, I think that 3-0 is, a, is, is probably the likely result. I do worry about um, Ren if they are going to be over-reliant on Saar. Uh, that's all for this evening. My thanks to Adam and all of you listening at home. Uh, do join us for the main show back on Monday. But for now, enjoy your weekend of football. <laughs>